word that um, I have I have shared before, but um, I really believe that that when God when you press into God and you ask Him for a word for a season and He gives it to you, then um, it's not such a bad thing to share it again. And uh, I'm excited uh, about what the Spirit will do in this word and even um, in me as I as I revisit it and as I've prayed into it afresh for the fresh fire of God to be on it. I just really believe um, God wants to stir us and move us. And and this was a word that I got for 2016. And um, and I do that each each year. I, I sort of like to use that time between Christmas and New Year to to just seek God and and see what he's got for the next season. And um, we actually, for those of you that have been here when I've spoken before or that know us anyway, we spent last year building a house and uh, and we got to move into it Ooh, um, just a couple of days before Christmas. So to be honest, with all the, the moving and the boxes and the stuff that goes on with moving into a new house, um, I... I wasn't. I was a bit exhausted in myself, in my, just in the natural, and so I kind of just one night I was with God, and and I said, okay, God, have you got anything for me for now, for for your church and for us for next year? And oh, ye of little faith, I suppose I wasn't overly expectant, but in it was like lightning that the words, three words, dropped into my heart. And, and I just felt the spirit say black and white. And I straight away sort of went to my own sort of conclusions and thoughts about what that would mean. But, um, but I took a moment instead and said, well, what do you mean by that, God? And then this sort of word began to, to, to just form in my spirit, I suppose. And I felt the spirit and felt God saying, I am the father of lights. In me there is no shadow of turning. Every good and every perfect gift does come from my hand. I felt the Lord go on and say, there will be plenty of opportunity in the coming year to question my goodness. There'll be opportunities for the world to be deceived into thinking that I'm not a good God. That I'm not watching and do not hear the cry of my people on the face of the earth. There'll be opportunity to think that I'm not the Lord of the breakthrough. It doesn't stop there, which is good. He says, but in me there is no shadow of turning. My face is not away from you. My eyes burn for my people, and all is unfolding as it has been from, sorry, as it has been told from old. Darkness will rise and cry louder, but in the midst of it all, there will be black and white. The dark will grow darker, but so too the light will shine ever brighter. In Proverbs 4.18 it says, The path of the just is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter unto that perfect day. I believe the Lord says that it's time for the light of my love, his love, to call people out of the darkness as never before. And as my people set their hearts upon me, I will seed a new zeal into them for the lost. As the days grow short, 
my church will begin to see the definition between black and white, light and dark, and know that now is the time to see my light shed abroad and see the deliverance of many from out of the darkness and into my marvellous light. I was pretty excited by that word. (laughs) I believe that there's a great calling in the spirit for us to really awaken to, to that tension between light and dark, that there's a, there is a great separating happening between the two. And where, where things have been muddied and, and blended and unclear, where more and more there is a division happening, where God is, is bringing a, a definite between the light and the dark. In Isaiah 9-2, it says, The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Those who live in a dark land, the light will shine on them. It's really time, isn't it? In Luke 1, 78 and 79, it says, Through the tender mercy of our God, from which the day spring on high has visited us, to shine light upon those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. I think it's really time that the Lord's wanting to lead his people into a new place of peace to lead us into to knowing where his rest is through things and, and even in those dark places that he's about to break through and bring something strong in it. You know, those words from Luke, 7, Luke 1, 78 and 79 that I just read out were actually spoken over John the Baptist in anticipation of all that he would be. It was, it was the prophetic anointing and the mantle that was placed upon him. And John the Baptist was the one who was commissioned in the spirit to go out and prepare the way of the Lord, to go and declare his coming and and to speak into hearts of people and get them ready for Jesus to come. And I really believe that in this season we got that same commission being poured out over us. We're being called up to prepare the way of the Lord. But he's not going to come meek and mild like before. He's going to come in power and in strength. And that's what's being called over the church and over the people in this season, to rise up in that power and strength and authority of who Christ is, to declare it, because we're not confused like the people were before Jesus came that first time. They didn't know what they were looking for. They knew there was a Messiah, but they didn't know in what form he would come. But for us... In this season, with the blessing of the word of God, we know he's coming in strength. And so we can speak with victory. We can speak with confidence. And we can speak in kindness that draws people to that repentance and love of God. So as I prayed into this word, I really, um, this black and white, and I was... I was praying and I really felt it, a lot of it was light and dark and, and to, to begin to pray in and read about and study up on light and darkness. And I felt that one of the keys for us is that it, it's light that fills us and covers us and to press into that revelation of that. Because I'm aware this is a bit of a, a prophetic word, I have got some big slabs of scripture, so... Um, just bear with me in that, but I think it's important that, that the word of God is really in here and as a foundation of this message. So John eight twelve, 
says, Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. What a blessing to know we can walk in the light of life. Matthew five fourteen to 16. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. And Romans thirteen twelve, The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armour of light. I actually love that one so much. What an amazing thing to know that the light lights our path. We have the light of life. That the light is in us because we are the light of the world. And the light covers us like an armour. It hides us in Christ. And I believe as as I've been sort of listening to different messages and, and just praying and listening that the Lord wants us to be stirred and remember his authority, that he is the light, that he does overcome darkness, but it's all poured out upon us. And if I think if we let that come to our awareness and be awoken again to remember that, that we're hidden in it, that we wear it, that where we walk, even when we walk through the darkest place, you know, in Psalm 23, it says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You know, when you walk through that, the deepest, darkest of place, if you know that you have that light within you and surrounding you, enveloping you and holding you, and you don't have to walk in fear of the darkness because what you carry and what you walk in brings transformation where you go. There's an amazing strength in every single person that identifies themselves in Christ. And I think we need to be reminded of that. It's so easy to, to fall back to identifying ourselves just how we see it, ourselves in the natural, where we fit in the world and, and alongside others. But every single person that is in Christ, carries the light of God, is empowered by it, and has the authority to transform atmospheres, to change the dynamic of your household, to change the dynamic of the street that you walk down, to bring hope where there's complete hopelessness. We all have that. I guess for me this really speaks strongly because um, when I first came to the Lord, when I was a, a teenager, and I was 15 years old, and um, I know some of you would have heard this story before, but I, I had some, there were some amazing young Christian teenagers in my high school, and they were really on fire. And I can honestly tell you, I, I grew up, far away from anything Christian, anything churchy. It was very different. But um, 
but there was something very captivating about about this group. They were very dynamic, very life-filled. And, uh, and the Lord began sort of stirring me with dreams and, and so I started speaking to them. And anyway, eventually one day at lunchtime I, I was led in a prayer of, of repentance and salvation, which was awesome but wasn't just enough for me. And I went home that night and, and I laid in my bed just by myself and began to just speak to God. Um, I knew nothing, but I was really reaching out authentically. And, uh, and I said, well, you know, God, I, I've said the words, I've said the prayer, but I don't want just words. If you're real, I, I need to know you're real. And I need to feel you. And uh, I, I said to the Lord, I'm, I'm here and I'm wide open, but I don't want empty words. And in that moment, I felt a rush come over me, um, like a, a warm wave. And, and all I can describe it as is it was really like liquid light just being poured into my whole body. And, and I, I laughed and I cried and was completely overcome by what I later learned was the Holy Spirit filling me up. But even though it's a couple of years ago now, I, um, I will never forget what it is to be filled with the light and the love of God because even though that was only the very, very beginning, the tip of the iceberg, I knew that that was the start of a transformation. And for every person that's available... If a 15-year-old with nothing, no foundation, but an open heart can have an encounter with God, how much more does he want to just keep pouring in to every person? <laughs> I think there's elephants in the roof. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> As I said, that was the start for me. That was, it's the beginning when you open your heart and you receive an impouring of God. But it's that light that flushes into you that begins to, to wipe out the handwriting that's on our hearts that's not of God. It's, it's that light of God that, that washes away the blotches and the stains of stuff you've carried all your life, of the wrong things that have been spoken over you and into you. Just, wrong thinking that we pick up along the way because it's the world we live in. But it's that light poured in to us that shines and grows and infiltrates. It's line upon line and precept upon precept that we're rewritten and built. Then it's out of that place of strength that we can give love to others, give light to other people that need it. You know, as we go into the world, we don't go in our own strength, but we go carried by the Spirit of God, led by him, hidden in him. He's our armor against the enemy. And I believe when we get that revelation, the fullness of that truth, a vision for it, I don't know about you, but I use my God-given imagination a lot to see things because there's a whole world there we can't see 
the whole spiritual dynamic that is we're blinded to, but if we can get a, a vision for it, to see yourself covered, then it can start to transform your mind and you can work in it. I believe that it is a truth that we need to walk in, that we are strong in him. And, and the next thing that I began to to look into and pray into as I was seeking God on this was that we are being led into a season of black and white truth. And in some ways that can be awfully scary because the world doesn't love black and white in a lot of ways. They hide from it. And not to be too controversial, but you know, you hear some people say sometimes, oh, you just got to love them into the kingdom and you just got to keep on loving them and just love them on through. And, uh, and I do kind of agree with that idea and the ideal of loving people so much that they see the love of God. But I suppose I want to put out there today, what does heavenly love look like? It doesn't always look the exact same way that we perceive it. You know, when I first ever had the opportunity just to, to share at a, at a little women's group, my first time ever speaking, and I was ridiculously nervous and <laughs> freaking out and saying, oh God, but I just felt right back then that the Spirit said to me, just honour them enough and love them enough to tell them the truth. Honour them with honesty. And that was a personal word for me, but I think that's a word for the church in this day. Honour people with honesty. There's more than enough outlets in the world where people can have their ears tickled and have people disagree with them. But if we can be true with people, there is a standard in God. His ways are not always in agreement with the standard way of the world. And it's time to have wisdom, have discernment, but have the courage and the boldness to draw a line sometimes. As I said, the, the world shies away in a lot of ways from the definite, from black and from white, from clear lines. In a lot of ways, they prefer 50 very ugly shades of grey. <laughs> Anything will do except the definite. But Jesus was willing to draw a line for people because he loved them enough. Isaiah 50 uh sorry Isaiah 5:20 to 21 says woe to those who call evil good and good evil who put darkness for light and light for darkness who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. You know, the day is coming when we need to lay down being wise in our own eyes, leaning on our own understanding, trying to shape and bend things to the way we think it should look, but just come back to that unchanging word of God. I know I'm speaking to the converted here for the most part, but it's good to be stirred and reminded in it. It's good sometimes just to be given permission to come back to that center line. 
And I'm not talking in, in any way about bringing division. I'm not talking about judging people and, and, and being condemning in our ways. But rather an open and warm invitation for people to journey towards faith in a genuine way. You know, the word warns us about not arguing over every little thing. We don't want to be coming and drawing lines on everything, confusing the whole issue, which is uh, pretty much what the world looked like just before Jesus came back. <laughs> the, uh, the Jewish people by then had so many laws upon laws and laws for laws, and it was so confusing. I'm not talking about that. There's grace that abounds and covers a multitude But on some things we do need to just know where the centre is. Romans 14 says, Receive one who is weak in the faith, but not to disputes over doubtful things. There's no point arguing over which day of the week you stop to celebrate God. There's no point arguing over which foods you eat or don't eat and trivial minor interpretations of the word. Please don't think I'm saying that when I say draw a line. But over some things... There is black and there's white. Now Jesus loved those in the temple whose tables he upturned just as much as he loved the woman caught in adultery that he sat next to and forgave. He loved the Pharisees who he called whitewashed tombs as much as he loved the woman who anointed his feet with the oil from the alabaster jar. He loved each one enough to meet them at their point of need and in the manner that God directed him with wisdom and discernment. Perfect love does cast out fear. But perfect love draws closer to the heart of God. Sometimes it's challenging. I've got someone who's incredibly dear to me, who I, I love very much. But, um, but she's in a, a, um, a gay relationship at the moment and we had a very awkward moment when, uh, when she said, oh, when they legalise marriage, um, gay marriage, will you marry us? Will you perform the ceremony? the most loving thing I felt I could do at that time was say no. I said, I'm sorry. I said, I can't go by what the courts of the land say when it won't be recognised in the courts of heaven. And it wasn't received fabulously right in that moment, but it didn't take long for the truth and the honesty of love to cover that and make it right. And there's going to be plenty of opportunities for us to need to draw a line, to decide whether we'll stand for the way in the, of God or we'll bend and shy back and keep things blurry. But as ambassadors for Christ, it is the most worthy cause to stand for him, to bring truth in love. And the key is love. God-seeking, God-honouring love that understands that there is light and dark in the spirit and to know that there is a battle.
You know, it says in the word that in the last days that the love of many will turn cold, that lawlessness will abound. But it won't be the love of self. <laughs> That's not going to turn cold. They will grow. 2 Timothy 3 tells us that in the last days perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. It's a challenging time we live in. I think there's never been a generation quite like this one, spiritually. And the love of many has indeed grown cold. And in that verse, when it speaks of that in, in the book of Matthew, where it says the love of many shall grow or wax cold, I really began to look into what that meant. The Greek translation for the love there, it's talking about agape love, which is the love of God or godly love. And where it says turn cold or wax cold, it's actually a word called sikros. I may or may not have said that correctly. But basically it's where the word psycho comes from. The love of many will turn Psycho. <laughs> that word psychros revealed that it's related to the soul, mind, also a study related to the body, nature, medicine, or the physical world. And that verse is warning that in the last days, the love of many will grow uncaring, unloving, worldly, selfish, making our own ways, worshipping nature, following worldly ideas. The love of many will be medicated or placated, worshipping things of the world, twisted and compromised. It's interesting, isn't it? It's the kind of thing we're talking about when we say the world will go darker. That there'll just be a twisting, compromised placated or dull love when, it, when we're talking about the love of God. There's a warning that there will be a sluggish or lulling spirit rest upon the people of God. And in that scripture where it's talking about the love of many growing cold, it's not talking about people far, far away from God. It's talking about in the church. That the love of many, even in the church, love of Christians will get sluggish get a bit twisted, get a bit compromised, go a little bit psycho. <laughs> it's time to push in for some highlights from God. To be reignited, let the flame of his love burn brighter in our hearts. And I really believe that these words, black and white, 
jumped into my spirit because God is just wanting to fire his love into our hearts again, to stir us up, to shake off that sluggish spirit that draws us away and twists us away, to empower us to walk through those dark places. That when things across the world and... I know we can look over to what's happening in the, in the Middle East and go, oh, that's terrible. But, you know, that same spirit of death and darkness and suppression of Christ is on our country. It looks different, but it's the same spirit that's pushing things down. You know, you're allowed to really stand for anything in this country. You can have whatever belief system you want. You can draw whatever conclusions and your truth and your freedom in whatever way you like. Until you mention Jesus. And then you're going to reach some opposition. But it's time to be empowered again to walk in his strength. To take on that privilege of loving authentically with the intent to magnify Jesus. To be willing to reach into confused, grey and muddy areas and bring clarity and light and life. Highlights. I really believe it's going to be a year for them, for lifting up, for drawing aside and for seeing incredible breakthrough. I believe this is a year where there will be a great snatching from the kingdom of darkness into his marvellous light. And it starts with us. It starts with each of us being stirred, seeing that armour of light on us, seeing the light and the love of Christ burning bright afresh in our heart and pushing in for it. Don't let that sluggish, cold thing come upon you. Shake it off, shine your armour, and be ready to walk in it. We're all called, and we're all being asked to rise up again. Amen. Let's pray. Let's pray. Thank you. Lord, I thank you that you are stirring us, my God. Lord, that you don't want to leave us to, to grow cold, for our armour to be dull, for our minds to be placated or medicated out of something that has come over us that's not of you, my God. Lord, I pray for every person here today, Lord, and for our families that we represent, Lord, that the fire of your love would pour afresh on our hearts, Lord. Lord, that your light would come afresh. Lord, for those of us that feel like we've been calling out to you, calling for breakthrough, wondering, are you good, God? Are you hearing my prayers, God? Are you still with me, God? Lord, that you would pierce through and ignite afresh the flame of your love in our hearts. Lord, I pray for each of us, Lord, as we look into this new season and this new time, Lord, that you would strengthen each and every person here. That every heart would be lit again with the goodness of you. Lord, for those secret places of the heart where darkness hides, 
Lord, that you continue to press through with your healing power. That the truth and the strength of who you are, Lord, continues to work. Continues to rewrite, regenerate, wash over our minds, our soul, mind, will and emotion. Washed by the truth and the strength of who you are that by your Holy Spirit you lead us and lift us and strengthen us, Lord, for this next journey. I pray that for each of us as we go forward, my God, when opportunity comes that we won't shrink back from being your ambassadors. But, Lord, you'll give us wisdom and discernment of how to speak your truth in love. That will bring breakthrough and bring healing. I thank you, Lord, that you've given us the charge and the commission to go forward and prepare the way for you. I pray you pour out courage to make the call. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. We're just going to worship here a little bit longer. So I invite you all just to stand up and if there's anyone wants prayer or if you've never had that opportunity just to open your heart and ask the Lord to come in, then I'd love to pray with you today. And that